Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome to Behind the Sermon. Today, I'm sitting down with Pastor Nate. Hey. Okay, all right. He is there. (laughs) And Pastor Steven. Hey, what's up? Now, of course, I'm speaking a little uh, in metaphor. We are not sitting together. We are joined <laughs> by the digitals. Uh, but we're here. Yes, sir. We're chatting. How are you guys? Good. We're doing good. A little chilly up in Bethlehem, but oh, that sure. sun is shining and good. Do you guys have snow? We like did, yeah. This morning I woke up. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. But now it's good weather. It's sun is shining, so it's melting. Now, I have zero snow in my area, but I feel like, Pastor Nate, you probably have snow. Um, we, we, we got the most snow out of all of you oh, wow. last week. <laughs> but no, it's all gone because it, it did turn to rain later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always get confused how we're like 10 minutes apart. And from my place, I never saw snow at all. And then when I'm driving by your house, all of a sudden I see plow <laughs> like piles. Like I don't understand how nature works well enough. Like why? Why is that a thing? Right. But uh, yeah, this Sunday was fun. Thanks for coming to Dover, Pastor Stephen. It was great to see you. Great to see your family. Any, anytime. Yes, I love <laughs> getting to hang. With the Dover family, yeah, and and Pastor sure. Nate, you were you were visiting another location, right? Uh, Michelle and I both hosted together in Plymouth. Yay! Oh, awesome. I love this. Uh, this this Sunday was like uh, everyone everyone kind of swapped locations to visit. It was kind of a fun a fun experience. We had Pastor Rob going to Milton to host, so you guys could go together to go to Plymouth. It was just kind of fun. We had uh, pastors everywhere sw- swapping around. That's right. Good thing yeah. about multi-site. <laughs> it is. It is a good thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there anything we want to talk about before we get into the message? I never want to rush it. Mm, I mean, I'm at the sober living home. The countertop's getting installed today. That's exciting. So, that's yeah, that's great. Another, another <laughs> I- step. I can hear the room, <laughs> whatever, whatever's moving around there. Uh, yeah, Sorry, I was moving a stool. No, that's fine. And then um, we're, we'll announce the uh, miracle offering total on Sunday. So we've got that yeah. that I'll be sharing. That'll be sick, yeah. That is, and, oh yeah, it's been yeah. three weeks already of it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this whole miracle offering season, it just came by really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this Saturday we have Christmas at Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, which is going to be really fun. Yeah. We we dive deep into the Christmas Eve uh, services, pulled out some fun songs that we did even two years ago. So that's going to be a really fun one. Yeah. Uh, Before we hit record, we were talking through just seeing, you know, we've ran some advertisements for it. We see a lot of excitement. So that's something just encourage if you're listening, you, you should definitely. Definitely go to that. It's going to be a really fun. 
Um, the the youth group also Friday night youth group is doing a Kingdom Builders movie night. event. Kingdom Builders, uh, yeah, movie night. Yeah. So that'll be at Plymouth and at Milton location. So that's a, a wide open event to help them to raise money. So it's for free, so you don't have to give any money, but buy a soda and <laughs> some cup popcorn and help them hit their Kingdom Builders goal. That um, what movie did they go with? Is that a surprise? I, I'm pretty sh- sure they picked Polar Express. Polar Express. It's funny because I remember you talking about the the animation of that movie, and you do a a very uh uncanny impersonation of the mouth movement of that cartoon. <laughs> I've seen you do it. <laughs> the way their vague, vague expression on their face as they speak. I tell the youth group, like, hey, you know, lots of movies you can pick. Um, I can't even finish that movie. But <laughs> enough, enough teenagers, like, love that movie. That's so, so. weird. That's that is a movie I had never finished until I married Haley. I don't know why that's that's a movie she loved, and so we watch it. I don't know why either. Year. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm caught up, there's like two lines that are quotable. It's sleepy. It's a sleepy movie, but it's but it's a good. It gives you the feels. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try again. If you haven't made it, have you made it to the North Pole? Like, have you made it far enough for them to get there? Because I don't know. I don't I know. I don't you will know be anything shocked. about that movie. You will be shocked by the New York accent elves. It's very, it, it throws you off. You get to the North Pole and the elves are like, we got to get these to Santa Claus. And it makes, I don't know why they went with that choice, but. You know, what throws me off and really bothers <laughs> me. The old Navy ad campaign. That's going on right now. It's like that redheaded lady with a with a weird accent, and I I I can't figure out like what inside joke I'm missing. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen that one. The whole thing is oh, an inside man. joke from the people who made it. I have no idea, and and they there's like more than one commercial, and there's one commercial where she talks. She's talking to her, herself. Like there's two of her in the video. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. I just can't figure out, like, is this a social joke that I'm I'm just old now and I don't get it? <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just an annoying campaign. Annoying ad campaign is bothering me. It always ends with, you really have to shop here to get this. You, re- you really just need to be a customer to understand the joke. So funny. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's dive in. This week, uh, Pastor Stephen... Uh, you preached on love like Jesus. You want to talk a little bit about your your process writing this one out? Sure, yeah. Uh, it was a fun process. Uh, also a terrifying process for me because uh, I changed the whole preaching the sermon the day before. Yeah, I saw, I noticed when you shared it, it says version two. Yeah, so <laughs> it was dark. fun. <laughs> uh, it was fun. I was a little scared, but I'm like, all right, if we want to change it, change it, you know, that kind of thing. So, 
But yeah, it was, uh, we are, we were in the like Jesus series and uh, our topic was love, uh, love like Jesus. Uh, uh, and to preach about that was good because love is kind of like, oh, Jesus loves us or, you know, it's a weak topic to preach. Right. Uh, so it was like, what can I do best that people understand? Uh, so the last minute change was to compare and contrast with the worldly love and godly love because I just wrote down, oh, how can we love like like Jesus? What are the examples? But uh, I was not happy and, you know, so that was the last last minute change. Yeah, I think that I think that drove it home really well and it's needed right because the big slogan of today is just love is love we're not and we're not even defining it anymore as a culture we're just like it defines itself and right so for everything you to is, go through and like no no this is what it looks like actually throughout the world i thought that was really great thank you sir appreciate it <laughs> yeah as we uh as you went through and tried to work through the worldly love, like what, what was, um, what, what was something that, that stood out to you guys as maybe something that maybe you've fallen into or you've seen in yourself that, that Jesus has had to kind of work on you? Like what areas, um, did you find the most compelling either as you were writing it or Pastor Nate while you were visiting Plymouth as you were hearing it, um, kind of what stood out? For me, you know, I'm always taking these messages and it's like the first place of application is probably within marriage and then, you know, and then my kids and neighborhood and staff and church and the, you know, I have as much even more maybe propensity towards selfishness as the next person. <laughs> and so I'm always got to just check like, okay, what's going on? Like where is self, where has selfishness creeped in over the last uh, few months and think back and like, well, what was I like two years ago? What am I like now? And I'm just always kind of reflecting on that. Um, you know, and I was reflecting on that as Stephen's preaching. And so that does probably cause me to miss stuff because I'm daydreaming a lot, like <laughs> processing it right. in real time. But that's it for me. And I'm trying to, okay, if I'm loving people like Jesus, mm. then what should have been different about, well, what needs to be different when this sermon's over? And how I respond and um, and what I'm expecting. Mm. That's what I was processing. It's a good one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're laughing, Pastor. Well, I just I like <laughs> I like the idea that Pastor Nate just needs like a 10 minute pause after the point. Because <laughs> then, because I do that too. Sometimes I like, oh, that makes me think of something, and then when you tune back, you're like, dang it. He's still preaching. He moved on. And I'm still thinking about the first point. <laughs> that used to happen to me in, in Bible, right in college. Uh, I'm taking notes and it's like point number three. I write it down. And then, 
and point number eight. And I'm like, where have I been for the <laughs> yeah. last five points? <laughs> yeah, it's so rough. Sometimes it's so hard. It's, that is funny. Uh, I think for me, uh, it was a third point more took out like worldly love pulls you away from God. Uh, Jesus' yeah. love draws you closer to God. Uh, it's easy to fall in love with the with the world. It's really easy. Uh, you don't have to even like. I don't even have to work towards it. You know what I'm like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't even have to work towards falling in love with the world because it's already that way. Like, like we can just fall in love with the world, but falling in love with Jesus needs work, uh, you know? So that is the, that is something that, you know, even I'm working on, like, all right, what is replacing my devotional time in the morning? I'm on the phone right away uh, and I'm scrolling, scrolling. I thought it was two minutes scrolling, but it just became 20 minutes. Oh shoot, that was my prayer time, you know? Uh, you know, so how, how does that all play out? Is there a better way I can stop that and not be distracted and have that genuine relationship with God? You know, it's almost, I feel like the pulling away from God, what, what you made me think of is like, um, the world, worldly love gives like, uh, it's like a grandparent love versus a parental love. A grandparent gives me exactly what I want when I want it, spoils me, just doesn't doesn't care about the repercussions because they're not the ones actually raising me, right? That type of idea. I don't know if you guys have like grandparents that do that to your kids. I, I just, I see it. Of yeah. this like, the world just gives what, it's it's out to, to, to serve everyone in the worst way possible, in the most selfish way possible. But right. God's love is one that, corrects and helps us grow and works through it. And, and, you know, the Bible talking through, like, that's not pleasant at the time. So it's something we have to work for because it's a caring love, not a, well, we'll just give you what you want whenever you want it, love. Mm. But that's how the world works. <laughs> I, I see that poll all the time. You right. Know? I, I like that point, what you said. Never thought about that way, but that is so true. Yeah, you all. I mean, yeah, and you always you you hit the point right with even being spoiled. It's like you realize, like, wait, but you know, they're not as as there for me as as everything else. But it's funny because you guys went for those two points. The one that I think stood out for me was worldly love is more materialistic. Yeah, um, less relational. I I often feel that what I do for people my actions or, or like kind of just my offering, offering my actions as like a gift towards someone mm. being the way that I share love or, you know, what, what, what do I gain from this? You know, that's always a, a maybe that just ties into selfish as well, but being more relational and just caring for people, talking through conversations, like just being there, that's always yeah. a harder one for me. Um, and I know as you and I, Pastor Stephen, we're talking through like the study guide. Um, right. I forget what question we brought up with it, but it was the idea of um, 
is is God's blessing the only way that we see his love? And if we're not being blessed, does he actually love us? And trying to get outside of that mindset, because um, mm. I fall into that sometime. Right. Like he's, uh, so yeah, the thing that we were talking about it is we can't even make even God's love materialistic. Like, oh, uh, I got, God blessed me with a house or a car. Oh, wow, God loves me more. Uh, right. Or you know, that's why I'm being blessed, you know. So we can make that into a materialistic love, rather than just, you know, uh, the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Following God for what you get, right? And you know, even being in a relationship for what you get. So as soon as you're not getting what you need, you bail out, you take off, right? Right. And it's always, uh, you know, even in uh, sometimes in our prayer lives as well, right? Lord, 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 heal, heal, heal me, bless me, bless me. And God blesses or heals or does miracles. And then we're done. You know, we don't Mm. pray or we don't thank God, Lord, every day. Like, God, I thank you that you healed. I thank you that you healed me two years ago. We don't do that. Uh, Rare people does that. Like we don't think about thanking him for what he did because it's already done and just move on. And then like our prayer life just reduces or like our asking our relationship just gets affected because now you don't have another need that you're bringing up because it was already taken care of, you know? Yeah. Right. Now, Looking, uh, looking through, I, we had a question even in, um, guy that we were working through when you were talking through the selfish love versus selfless love, um, you used a scripture that shows like greater love has, uh, no one, no one than this, um, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Um, my thought was, could we talk through even some practicality of loving like Jesus when the opportunity to, to like lay down our life is not, is that's not really an everyday occurrence. Like I'm not, I'm not offering myself up in any way for sacrifice literally. All right. Um, so what does that scripture look like for you guys in a day to day? That makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. (laughs) You're you got to live beyond your own preferences and your own needs. So I lay down when I lay down my preference. In a way, Mm. I'm laying down my life for another person. And when I lay, you know, when I forgive, when I offer grace when I turn the other cheek, when I um, meet someone halfway, when I give up, you know, what I want for what someone else wants. Like those are all little ways that are, that are not life ending, but it's hard to do. You know, when I, when I have to, I just think within the context of of church, you, you know, when Michelle 
there was Milton for 20 months. Um, has it been 20 months yet? It's been uh, probably 18 probably. months. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, that um, not only is Michelle laying down her life for the church and for that location, but also I am because it's easier when we serve together. It's easier on, on the family. It's easier. Mm. You know, I prefer to have her on the front row um, interacting with me. I prefer to yeah. drive home to get after church. Like, right. so that's the, you know, so there's a, a laying down there. Um, when I want something to happen at the church and I meet with, the location pastors or with the lead team and they're like, well, no, this is what we think we should do. And then to listen to their counsel, listen to their wisdom, and then allow them to make the decision. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a way of laying down my life for my friends, for my, for my coworkers, for the team, for the church. So it's a whole lot of little small things yeah. which allows you to be in the place to lay down your life for the big things. Yeah, that, that is so good, the last sentence. Yeah, I've never thought through the um, that, that dynamic of like, this is what I want to do. You go talk to the people around you that, that you want to love and care for and actually yielding to to that group, obviously with some, with some limits. If you're like, I want to do this because scripture tells me I should, uh, maybe don't lay down your life in that way. Um, but yeah, I never thought of it that, that little, that's really. Yeah. It's a little thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like a sacrifice, right? Uh, that you're doing, that you're making it for the other person. Like, a, like Pastor Nate saying, you know, it is a sacrifice like Michelle is serving and Milton and he's going through that and she's going through that. Um, so I think that is more like the greater love. It shows with your sacrifice. It shows with that care that you show other people. And it, we, it's, it, I think it's more like people's mentality, like the big things when, when we do the big things, yeah. you know, like the big thing, that's when... People care a lot more, uh, but I think it's the smallest thing when people don't see uh, anyone doing stuff for other people. Yeah, you know, like uh, example, like I'm just talking back with what Pastor just spoke. Uh, nobody, nobody thinks through how much uh, sacrifice you know they're going through because Michelle is serving in Milton and Pastor is in Dover. Uh, it, for everyone, it's like, oh, she's in Milton, and, you know, it's awesome, you know, right? It is awesome, yeah. but in the family side of it, you know, like even for me, like I drag my wife and I preach, not because like even though she's pregnant, she's tired, I love when she's in the first row. I love when she hears my message and critiques me and gives me points. Mm. So I'm like, even yesterday, she was not feeling well. And I'm like, can you can you come with me? I love when you when you come travel with me. It's a sacrifice, but uh, those small things people don't 
people don't see it, but it's just that that speaks volume. I, I feel like. Um, so now obviously though, um, that comes, I mean, for you, pastor Nate and, and, and that, that does come at a, at a cost that obviously you guys are, you know, weighing out the pros and cons and all that. How do you balance, how do you balance that with, with maybe there's an unhealthy amount? Is there an unhealthy amount or is it, that's just laying down, laying down your life? Like, is there a way it could be abused? Is there a way it could be, um, you know, you're doing it in a not very healthy way. Like what could that be? I'm, and I'm not saying you are, I'm it, just wondering what's the guard. An unhealthy, an unhealthy amount of laying down your life. Yeah. Like, or like you're justifying the the amount you're doing or giving up by saying like, Oh, well, I'm, mm. I'm laying down my life, but it's yeah. actually, it's not that you're kind of harming. Uh, you're giving up some things that maybe you shouldn't be giving up or you're working through like, what's the balance and how do you mm. find that? Mm. Um, I, think I, I think I have one. Or, uh, 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 I I always think whether it brings any glorification or anything moving the kingdom. Like I can I can do stuff, and but also is it affecting our personal relationship with our spouses and kids? So like, yeah, I scheduled all my afternoons to, or my evenings to meet with somebody who can only meet after work hours. Now I can, I can just balance and say, Hey, I cannot, it's my family time. Like Sabbaths, Fridays are my Sabbaths. Right. And I can just say to my wife, Hey, sorry. Like I can, I have to meet this person or I can just say, Hey, to that other person, Hey, this is my Sabbath. Uh, it's my family time. Can we meet other time? You know, so balancing that and not destroying your marriage or your family time, mm. putting because it's always family first and then the uh, then church. You know, right. or the people. So I view it that way. Yeah, God, marriage, kids, ministry. Right. Um, I think we use our kids as a thermometer a temperature gauge uh, a mm-hmm. little bit. We have to navigate our own stress. We also have to continually check our own selfish ambitions. Mm, right. Um, there, you know, I think also we, in ministry, Michelle and I learn from those who have been in ministry before us um, and those who've been in ministry longer than us. And certainly we've seen some people who, who were laying down their life, but really became doormats for people. And yeah. miss, they were abused probably by the church. And so we want to be careful that we're not doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so really it's a whole lot of stuff yeah. that you're checking and watching and navigating. Uh, it's a constant, I'm trying to think what's something very complicated to cook. So it's not like you just put it in the, in, you know, it's not like pizza rolls. You put it in the oven and then set a timer, take it out later. It's something chicken curry. Um, yeah, I would say it's like making soy, soy you, 
right? Soy you, um, or it's like a type of soy sauce, but like the barrels are, uh, uh, the wood, wooden barrels, some of them are a hundred years old yeah. and it takes four years to make soy sauce like Holy moly. the real way. Yeah. It's more like that. Like it is every day. There's a little bit different process or stirring or transferring or batch making. Yeah. So you always, and, that, and that's probably true to cultivating our soul. Yeah. It is constant. And if you don't pay attention, you come back and something's burned. Yeah. Something's scorched. And, and I think what we do, I'm just thinking about that, the, the famous um, Mary Callender's pie meal from like three or four Thanksgivings ago. Thanks, Mary Callender, for ruining our Thanksgiving. And it's this picture of this absolutely charred pumpkin pie. And then there's like a million memes about it that are so funny. Um, How did it get charred? What was the... Oh, man, I have... To, I, I wish I could share this with, with you guys right now and with the whole church. But the it was like, um, there's just so many memes of you know and obviously you can't blame the pie company because you burned a pie it had nothing to do with the pie company oh, I get it. it had so to do with that lady who <laughs> it was like um anyway I, I, <laughs> temperature temperature of this lady's oven and then it's a picture of snoop dog oh boy <laughs> like <laughs> But anyway, it's like we we. I don't even really know where I'm going, but we've got to lay down our life, and I and I think if we think about worldly love and godly love, worldly love is keeping score. Yeah, and. And so you, you're like, yes, I, I'm laying down my life for you. And pretty soon I'm going to ask you to lay down your life for me because right. I've been laying down my life for you so much. Mm. And, and really, right, don't we, 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 I, I, if we don't do that in our own marriage, we definitely have met people who've done that. Yeah. Or, or we've caught ourselves doing that, keeping score of what we've done and like, you know, um, and that's not godly love mm. doing that with the church. I love the church. I love the church. I love the church. I'm leaving the church. Why? Because you don't do anything for me. Okay. Yeah. So that was not godly love. Um, yeah. That was not relational. Yeah. So good. love or wise or the other way. Hey, I'm, I'm in the church. I'm, I'm being tending for the church for last few years uh, why am I not given any positions? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That's so good. So. Yeah. Be, yeah. Because that, that would, I'm trying to think of what, what you just, you sparked something in my chest when you said that. Uh, but that is, that is, yeah, loving to loving to get it in return. Like that's loving to get love in return. Uh, just, it's just never been a model that that Jesus 
uh, now I'm, I'm mixing up weeks a little bit, but I think it comes down to even your glorify sermon of Jesus loving others just so God can get the, glo- the glory, just so mm-hmm. God can get the love in return. And yeah, and that's even how we serve the church and how, how we are a part of the church. Like, no, I'm not serving because I want to uh, get a position one day. I'm not serving because someday I'm going to ask for uh, this, the church to buy this thing for me or, or whatever it may be. Like I'm serving because I want God to get the glory mm. and, and working through that. Like that's such a, such a shift out of, you know, out of why a lot of the world serves like every organization that gives to a charity, they promote heavily which charity they give to. So in return, they're trusted and people use their product. Like that's, that's the transactional love that is modeled every day for us. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just so different. It's so different for us. It's, it's sneaky. <laughs> I've, I've probably shared this before, but I remember it was probably like 18 years ago. And, um, and the former lead pastor of, of the church, I remember having conversations with him because one Sunday morning he, he stood up and said, thank you to someone. Hey, I just want to say thank you to this person. They've been doing a lot of yard work on the church. And, um, you know, I could say thank you to Alex Burgess right now <laughs> for doing a lot right. of yard work at the church. But, uh, but he, he, you know, he was thanking this person we're doing a lot of yard work in the church. He said, and I want to thank this other person too for the stuff they've done. And I remember connecting with him after. I'm like, why do we thank that guy? He hasn't done anything here for like eight months. He's like, well, he gets really mad if we don't thank him. I'm like, yeah, but he's not doing anything. Why do we thank him? Yeah. And you just realize that guy, and and, and it, it bothered me too, because everybody liked that guy so much. And... Oh, he's so nice. He does so much. I'm like, he has not doing anything and he doesn't do anything with a good heart. He Mm. does it for recognition and he does Uh it for his own pride. And that guy, oh, it drives me, drove me crazy. (laughs) He honestly, it still does drive me crazy because. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that can't be the motivation. Can't be the motivation. Yeah, you cannot love, like you cannot have that that thing inside of you that, all right, I'm waiting. When will I be honored or when I will be loved? When you will show me that because I'm showing that to you. Like when am I being your team? Yeah. Cain's selfishness, right? You have it in your notes. Cain's selfishness caused him to hate his brother and kill him. Our selfishness will cause us to hate our wife and kill the relationship. Will cause us yeah. to hate our parents and kill the relationship. Will cause us to hate our pastors and kill the relationship. Will cause us to hate our church and try to kill the church. And it, it's always, Ray, we just can't even, we don't even have the self-awareness to recognize what we're doing. And we, we've, we, you know, we walk around with the superiority, spiritual superiority. Right. We convince people. We and we just, man, it's worldly. It's selfish. It's ungodly. 
and we're walking around this whole thing like I'm I'm so spiritual. <laughs> I am so much like Jesus. And man, after a year of this series, I just pray that man, we'll 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 love like Jesus. And if we love like Jesus, what will be true? First John, and I don't know it off the top of my head, but they will know you by your, your love. Love. By, they'll know you by your love. And this is how the world will know you're, you're my disciples, by, by how you love one another. I think mm. that was in another yeah. one of his letters. And man, if we could love like that, instead of, man, the which doesn't happen too often, but but a gossip train, a complaining spirit, a divisive spirit, a selfish spirit. Um, And none of those things, man, that's not what Jesus, how he modeled it. And listen, I, I, you know, practice what you preach here. I've been part of the church for 37 years. You think I never got mad at someone in 37 (laughs) years? No, I just shared with you. I got mad at someone 18 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get mad at people. I get bothered by people. I get offended by people. But part of the part of a great community is, and part of what the church is is sticking it out, reconciling. Matthew yeah. eighteen, forgiving. When you when you stay in a community, it forces you into spiritual growth. It forces you, and when you get pushed and have pressure on to grow spiritually, and you bail out, you just yeah. I go to a new church now. Um, Right. I, uh, man, you miss out. You end up running from discipleship and from spiritual growth instead mm-hmm. of embracing it. You know, from a kid to a teenager uh, to a staff pastor to lead pastor, like there have been people that have come and had conversations with me, um, you know, 15 years old, the lead pastor at the time. Nate, I need to talk with you. You're wrong. You're in error. You're treating people wrong. You're doing this wrong and having to repent as a 15-year-old to an 18-year-old with a new pastor and getting upset and offended at him and deciding in my heart, I hate this guy. Yeah. To then, and I think I I definitely preached about it before, not on Sunday morning, but, but, but I've talked about it before. But at, um, I was a teenager in youth group. We hired a new pastor. He's not my old pastor, but I don't like him. Right from the get-go, I want my old pastor back. And then we have this altercation where I'm a, an 18-year-old who my dad has just left, so I'm going through a hard time. And someone on this trip made me mad, and so I'm going to get revenge. And he comes and tells me, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to do it. No, don't do that. You can't do that. And I remember being so angry and determining, I don't like that guy. Mm. I'm leaving for college in a couple months. I'm just not going to talk to that guy again. To God, like dealing that with me, eventually reconciling with him and going and saying, sorry, hey, sorry, whatever. And then him hiring me um, to be on his staff. How long was that? 
1999 was when I had that big problem with him. He hired me in 2003. And that doesn't happen if I just leave the church. Right. New pastor, he's offended me. Yeah. I'm leaving. That doesn't happen. And so staying and allowing to be refined, right? Anyway, I'm I'm on a tangent here. No, no, it's a good tangent because it's that whole like, you know, you know, it's a growth point if you can't be in the same room with the people that you're having those altercations with. You need to and to work past your own preferences or your own how you're feeling about it. It's really easy just to just to disappear, go somewhere else. I won't have that altercation. Um, but mm. but that isn't that's such an immature response. And and so you're right. Just by sticking it out, it means. Well, I got to work through being able to be in the same room with this person. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to apologize if I need to apologize, like whatever that may be. And all those things take so much growth, so much more growth than just going somewhere else. Yeah. So it is like, that's, that's a hard, that's a hard way. I'm trying to think of how you'd. It's not laying, it's laying down your, your ego. It's laying down your pride to say like, no, let's fix this instead. Mm. Um, You know, it hasn't happened all the time. I remember having conversations with people. They'd have an altercation at one of our locations and decide they're going to attend another one. Uh, And, Mm. you know, talking through like, what does that look like for worship nights when we still get together? Uh, What does that look like for this? Um, right. I think we should reconcile the relationship regardless mm. and trying to help them work through that and, and that being a healthier way for them to work through it as opposed to like, oh, well, it's awkward now, so I'm just going to I'm gonna leave, right? Mm. And that's, that's kind of the opportunity that you were presented with, Pastor Nate. Like, I could stick around or I could just never see this guy again. And obviously, God had good plans for you sticking around with Restoration Church. Yeah, and it was my option. Yeah. God put some pressure on me, and it very easily could have, you could have rationalized it. Yeah. Very easy. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. The, the thing about it too, right, is the... That that if we're loving like Jesus, then then it's always driving toward reconciliation. Mm. Jesus wasn't just in my mind. Jesus wasn't just betrayed by Judas. In his hour of greatest need, he's yeah. betrayed by everyone with the exception of John, because when he is in, when 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 he's in the moment of greatest distress. Who's there? Only John and 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 a handful of female disciples mm. are there. Where are the other guys? And I probably, you know, if I'm Jesus and I come back from the dead, mm. I'm gonna think, hey, you know, 
hey, I forgive you for not being there while I was being beaten and hung on the cross and people were making fun of me. I forgive you for that. But I'm going to put up a boundary now and (laughs) I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Um, I forgive you in my heart. I forgive you, but you're not going to be anybody I allow back into my life. Yeah. And Um, but that's how I would have responded. But, and, but Jesus, he's, again, I want to love like this, mm-hmm. not to everybody because this, this is not for everybody, but there's those relationships where Jesus shows up, walks in the water and then he cooks the disciples breakfast and he sits with them and has a campfire with them yeah. and feeds them and says, Hey, I know how you've treated me, but, it, but I'll, but you can come back. Mm. And I want you back. Yeah. And I try to have that heart with people who've hurt me. Um, all right, I'm not going to hate them. They can, they can come back. I'm, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go run into them. <laughs> mm. But when they come back, I'll receive them well, without bitterness, with full forgiveness. Um, try to love them like Jesus. Oh, good. That's great. It's great. Well, any any resources that we could give in this, if people are working through those healthy relationships or uh, or uh, godly ways to lay down their own life or their preferences, or completely random other resources, because I don't want to put you in a box. So, I two things come to mind. One is because we were just talking about forgiveness. Uh, Lisa Turkhurst has a book, Forgiving When You Can't Forget. Mm. I haven't read that one specifically, but Michelle has. And I know a bunch of, um, a bunch of people from the church have read that one and, and it's been helpful to them. So I'd recommend that one. And then I really want to recommend the book that we talked about briefly last week. Honors Reward by John Bevere. And I may make the whole church read that um, at some point next year or make all of the leadership team read it at some point next year. It is bomb. It is a really awesome book. I'm loving it. (laughs) Yeah. One chapter two, so I'll let you know. It, um, part of it is Right, it is slightly connecting. Well, it's definitely connecting to this conversation, which is maybe partly why it's on my mind. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why this conversation is on my mind, um, but the way we the the way we typically do church. And the way God created the church to be are so different. Mm. And by that, I mean the way we do church. It's not like, yeah, see, you shouldn't have an LED wall and fog lights. No, come on, <laughs> stop with that stupidness. It's in that as soon as we, we just bail out immediately, we never allow ourselves to be discipled because as soon as it, we like, we want discipleship to just be, um, Tell me good stuff about myself. <laughs> Come on, speak into my life. Tell me good stuff about me. Right. Mm, Tell me right. how awesome I am. Mm. That's well, that is wonderful. But discipleship is, hey, you're in error here. 
theologically, you're in error. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, well, how dare you tell me I'm wrong? Yeah. How dare I be challenged? How I'm, I'm leaving. And so our, the way we so quickly leave churches so quickly over things that are so small is, um, and we miss out, we miss out on rewards that God has for us, which is the idea of the book, that there is a reward for honor, that God's promised it over and over in scripture. And we miss out on that reward because we, we just so disengage. We just are only focused on what we want and what we need. We're, we're living worldly love, not biblical love. Mm. Yeah. So good. All right, fine. I'll finish the book. <laughs> I have to. Anyway. Better. <laughs> Better. Yeah, I, I think I, it was an assignment. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my, <laughs> Pastor Stephen has us going through it uh, as a pastoral team. So, yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I was planning on doing it anyway. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a good book. Well, those are great. Great two resources. So um, get those books, church. And then when we started as a, as a church-wide study, you can take it easy and just skim, skim back through it and take good notes. Yeah. You'll be ahead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for having a good conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.